In this episode, we do a game review of Altiplano, and we talk to the folks at NorwestCon, and we talk about our fun times we had at OrcaCon. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. That, that's, that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now, back to our show. Hey, geeks! It's Blue Samurai and... Rebeculous. I'm still Paul. And we're your hosts of Geeks of Cascadia. It's episode 43. Holy crap. And we are at... OrcaCon! Yes! It's the final day of OrcaCon. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about OrcaCon because we are here. We're at the tail end, last day. And we got some interviews today and a game review. So we got an interview with Tanya with NorwestCon, uh-huh. I believe. Yes. Cool. And a game review. A game review by the um, Geeks Tabletop Game Review. Did I get that right? You did. That's Doug and Kelly. Mm-hmm. And that is Altaplano, a resource management game that takes place in the Andes of all places. Hmm. Wow. Lake Titicaca. Lake very fancy. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, have you been to Lake Titicaca? I have been to Lake How Titicaca. Is it? It's quite serene and Floating islands and mm-hmm. such. Awesome. It's cool. Is the game like that? Um, floating I don't islands? No, because it's uh, Doug and Kelly that uh, played the game. And does it I deal with we'll llamas? There, I think there, there's a llama on the cover there of the box. There should yes. be llamas. Oh, okay. Great. Any game with llamas. It's probably just hunt, be probably good. hunting and killing llamas for their flesh. That's not mm. okay. No, no. is isn't. Okay. I actually <laughs> had llama. How was it? It tastes like chicken. Were you a vegetarian then, weren't you? Oh, yeah, but if you're in Peru, you're yeah. <laughs> Right, right. So... Did you guys have fun at OrcaCon? I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun at OrcaCon. I'm retired. Had a lot of work at OrcaCon. Yes. Um, got a lot of interviews done on the Geeks of Cascadia yes, side. Yes, lots of lots of content coming your way. Yes. I would have had more content. fun if I'd have gotten a room. I didn't yeah. think about that. I'm going to plan for next year and get a room so I don't. That's right. And by the way, folks, we will be here uh, next year. We will most likely be here next year. Most we likely plan on be being here. here next year. Oh, we'll be here next year. Yeah, okay. I feel pretty good about that. I feel good about it too, but <laughs> man, I was given a talking to. We're gonna be here next. <laughs> You're given a talking to by yes. who? Don't worry, no one listens. It'll be fine. To this. Yeah, no, no one listens. Okay. No, no one we know listens mm. to this. Well, I, anyway, yeah. Again, had a great time. Uh, a lot of content. Uh, obviously, we got to talk to Con- Robles. Con- oh, yes, that's content, really good. Yes. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, of course, Tifa and uh, Tanya, we talked to Her- a new person, Harrison, that we've never met before. Yeah. Was the, game. the Adams. Uh, the Adams. We talked yeah. to the Adams from Game, game mm-hmm. to Grow. And, folks, uh, stay tuned. It'll be on here probably after this episode, maybe a week. I don't know, but uh, the show that we did for um, the Death by Death commentary for the Car Wars Car tournament. Car Wars oh mayhem. Oh, my. So that'll be a lot of fun, except i got to yeah, find... That'll be fun to... See how that turned out. I gotta find society. sound effects. That's the only thing that's holding this up. I thought it takes you already a while. had sound effects. I, I might have to find a few. Okay. Can't you make your own? No. <laughs> no. See? I can't do that. Boom. I can't do there that. It is. Um, 
Now we did you guys play any games? I didn't play a lot of games. I played a lot of Dungeon Mayhem from oh, D&D. That was so so fun. what a great oh game. Go gosh. buy that game. I'm so fun. Quarter uh, <laughs> we played Quartermaster General. Another great game. Holly um, and I played some gu- guillotine this morning. Guillotine, guillotine this morning. We yeah, or while we're waiting for our podcast friend. Yeah. Ooh, yes, one. yes. Didn't you I didn't you play a baseball game? Uh, um, we started to, and oh, well, so complex. I don't like the way the the instructions are written in bottom of the ninth. It looks like it should be really easy to play, yeah. but then it's it's like, they, they, they'll like game. leave a part out. It's like, and then how is this resolved? We what do I do? Kind of see how was it's that a strike? Played. It wasn't. Yeah. It was yeah. We need some. We should have got a game host who knew how to play it, but yeah. we didn't feel like getting up. Oh. <laughs> well, and did you, uh, did you play the game? I, yeah, I played. Well, of course, Quartermaster General with you. I played uh, oh, Dungeon right. Mayhem. You played that game Were with you Doug. Japan? I played that game with Doug called Quack. Quack. I actually liked Quack. it. It was uh, you're like a uh, an alchemist, and you're making a potion. Okay. And you want to make sure the potion doesn't blow up, so it's pretty good. And uh, Doug said he's going to do a game review of it. That's okay, cool. good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I I wish I could have done more, but you know these cons were always working. We're working. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people had fun. There's about. Over 1,200 people oh, yeah. that showed up at this convention. Yep, and then we're, it's, it's, it's 3.30 on Sunday afternoon, and we're still going strong. Yes, yes. And there were tons of food trucks and tons of tournaments. Yeah. Hundreds of games going on. Food Panels tru- were food awesome. Food trucks were, were really good. Oh, yeah. I, 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 was, I went to a couple. Um, I don't know which one it was. I think the, the grinder one. Grinder one was very good. And yeah. I didn't have Off the Res last year, and everyone kept saying that Off the Res was the best food truck. Yeah, it's pretty good. You went a couple, there? A couple tacos. What, what? Oh, man. I missed that one. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was really messy, but it was oh, delicious. That's what you're yeah. Um, and all your meals were liquid, I believe, Rebecca. Uh, most of them were. I had a, I, I had a, I had some liquid steak meals. and cheese sandwich last night from that place. Yeah. It was very. Well, she's not staying here, so she doesn't really have to take her meals here. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I ate before you came here. Okay, also. all right. And I have chips that you won't let me currently no, eat now we, while we're recording. No, so. we shouldn't be doing that. But we do have some interviews we gotta get done. Uh, normally, we would give you the game news, but. We're tired. Too tired. The game, the game is, is by Dungeon Mayhem. Dungeon Mayhem. Yes. That's, your, that's the game news. That's the game news. There's probably oh, a picture of it Mofos. right here. All right. So you know what to look for. There you go. <laughs> it's really fun. Are you going to put it right there? No, I'm not putting it in his face. Uh, I, I try not to put things in his face. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Even when he suggests it. <laughs> so uh, let's you want let's do uh, let's, Tanya's interview let's do first, right? Tanya from NorwestCon. Yeah, let's do that. Right about now? Right about now. Awesome. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks, we're back again. And this time we're talking to Tanya. from She's the vice chair of NorwestCon. How's it going, Tanya? Pretty good. Cool. That's, um, what's going on with NorwestCon this year? Well, we're ramping up. We're coming up here pretty soon. We're very excited. It's our 42nd year. Wow. So, yeah, we're telling people you got to bring a towel this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Norwest Con is uh, April 9th, oh, 18th through the 21st. And where is it at this year? 
as always, we are at the SeaTac <laughs> Double Tree, taking over every inch of that hotel, awesome. inches that they didn't know they had even. <laughs> um, even mermaids in the pool, because you know we we got to even take over the outside. Oh, nice. Yeah, awesome. Nice. That's great. Really? Yeah. Real mermaids? Real mermaids and mermen. I'm going. They're so hot. For, for people who are maybe not familiar with Wisconsin, can you just summarize it? Certainly, it I'm is a fabulous. Science fiction fantasy convention, um, one of the larger um, fan-run conventions in the area. We're a nonprofit. Okay. Um, we focus mostly on literature. Um, we actually do a major um, award at our convention. It's the Philip K. Dick Award. Ooh, okay. um, we actually invite the nominees, and those will be being announced here before the end of this month. Cool. Um, last year, we had five of the seven nominees that attended our convention. So. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm reading this. NorwestCon 42, don't forget your towel. Why would I... Why don't Please I want to forget my that towel? So yeah. my mind doesn't really? just go really from South Park. You run it a geeky, yeah. Um, so Douglas Adams. Oh, they answer yeah, there, the there ultimate question. Yeah, <laughs> forty-two. Come on. I know that just I should have gotten that because oh, a towel is the, the most towel. important thing. Yes, uh, cannot yeah. forget your towel. That was so so long ago. I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know we're a tabletop game uh, podcast, but I also know that you do have tabletop gaming there. We do. Can we you have... talk a little bit about that? I yes, certainly yes, can. Yes. Uh, we take over the whole upper floor of the hotel um, in Maxie's Lounge with gaming that goes on all night because our gamers are hardcore. Um, we have tabletop gaming, role play gaming. We even have um, land gaming as well for those youngsters who enjoy that. We also uh, have. Uh, open space gaming out in our attendance on both the first and second floor as well. So okay. there's lots of space. I like how you said you take over the, I envision all these gamers <laughs> just charging yeah. in. Like. They do, they do, they really do. They take over, they spread out, you know. Mm-hmm. They kind of blend into the environment at some point and you don't even know they're there. So, so typically it's a lot of sci-fi, um, fantasy type literature that that's going on there. Can you talk about some of the guest of, guest of honors or write of And by the way, I've got the website right here. If you, if you, if you want to read it right here, you can, but you probably already have it memorized. I so. do. Um, so Mary Robert Caldwell, whose name I'm pronouncing horribly wrong, I do apologize, um, just finished one of her books. Don't worry, she's not listening or watching this. <laughs> um, I would basically that. say that she writes Jane Austen books with magic. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. They're pretty interesting. Um, the person I'm really, there's two people that I'm really excited about. I'm very excited about Tran this year, our artist. Um, she has some amazing work out there. She's done a lot of book covers, some National Geographic covers, um, just really fantasy that ties in very well with our convention. Um, and then we also have this year Nancy Pearl. Nancy Pearl, I saw that. Woo! I know, I'm super excited. Um, when I ran for vice chair, she was the person I was like, we have to get her. That's Why awesome. have we not had a librarian as a guest of honor at our convention? And That's super cool. Was she it, excited about it? She is. She, we were really surprised. We actually didn't think we were even a blimp on her radar, but she knew all about us. That's and, really cool. Wow. Yeah, so she's going to be there. And, uh, of course, um, we're doing, like, a big raffle. And she's actually being part of that and has donated – um, to the person that wins a personalized reading list. Oh, I thought it was gonna oh. be like a dinner with Nancy Pearl yeah. or something. Well, that'd be kind of I, I'd like, well, that'd be cool too. But personalized reading list. That's what the librarian that's who knows right. everything yes. could yes. be like tailored. Her thing, isn't it? Yeah, tailored to you. Cool. Yeah. Well, if, if the prize was Nancy Pearl reading well, one of her books to you over dinner. But you know, we do have a guest of honor banquet, so you can actually Ooh. dine with oh. any of those oh. guest of honors. Wow. Okay. Everything I bring up, you're like, yeah. Yes. We do. We have a little bit of everything for everybody. <laughs> so, 
So. so with all these cool artists and writers and coming by, so is there possibilities for panels and stuff? I'm sure there is, oh, right? Oh, panels. Yes. We do over 500 hours oh, of programming. Wow. <laughs> is, wow. Uh, <laughs> We don't want you to name all 500, but is there anything <laughs> very important that our maybe our listeners would be interested in? Well, if any of your listeners are into writing, um, one of the things that we've done this year, which is really cool, is we've taken over our writing workshops. Mm-hmm. And we actually have editors, real editors, coming in to help uh, facilitate those. So it'll be a chance to showcase yourself, get some, you know, critiques on your work, mm-hmm. maybe work out, you know, how to write a best-selling novel. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so that's one of the things we're really excited about. Um, we also have uh, art um, workshops as well. Okay. Uh, paneling on cosplay, um, costumes, paneling with science, because you got to have science and science fiction, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, just... Publishers show up to this thing, and maybe someone... Aspiring writers can talk to these people face to face. Yeah, Subterranean is our publisher this year. They'll okay. be there, so they publish one of my favorite authors. So I'm really excited that they're there as well. So oh, well, good, good. And how many people usually show up to this? Um, usually anywhere from two thousand to three thousand of my closest friends. Wow. And they're all your friends. Oh yeah, we are That's a fan-friendly neighborhood. We love That's everybody. And again, uh, everyone, uh, it's Norwest Con, which is, uh, you can just go to norwestcon.org and uh, register. I'm sure, Tanya, you want people to register. Uh, Save some time. And they can do that right now, right? Yeah, they can register (coughs) online on our website. And also, for those gamers out there, um, Mm -hmm. we have a submittal form. So if you want to come run some gaming at Norwest Con, you can go ahead and do that as well. And how much, uh, I believe, membership. So how much is membership uh, right now? Right now, I believe it's running, uh, am I right, $80? Uh, I'm going to read it. Yeah, $70. $70 is the price right now. I'm thinking of the Guest of Honor banquet tickets. Those are $80. But Uh, but I understand if you're a North NWSFS member, Mm -hmm. you get a discount. Yes. So originally, NorwestCon was a organization that was under the Northwest Science Fiction Society organization. Mm -hmm. And so those people who are members of that get a discount. Oh, okay. This is the last year that's going to happen, though, so... And of course, you know, we, we do a convention, you do a convention, and I would just talk to uh, Amy with Dragonflight. We always are worried about people getting those hotel rooms, and I'm sure you are too. So let's talk about the hotel, and uh, if you're going to register, you should definitely get your hotel room right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm actually in charge of that portion of the okay. uh, convention, so I know a lot about so, that. So no pressure on that one. No, no pressure at all. Right. Um, yeah, it's filling up fast. I know Wednesday night's already sold out, and mm-hmm. we don't even have a convention that night. Wow. We I'm start on start. Thursday. So, yeah. So definitely get your rooms now while you still can. And um, you have up until the 2nd of February to reserve your room and get your deposit okay. back. So if something changes in your life, you know, things happen. But right. then after that point... You're just going to have to go. It's discounted room rate, too. Isn't it, it is. It is. Do you know how much uh, it is at the top of your head? Uh, um, off the top of my head, I want to say 132 a night mm-hmm. uh, for just a regular room. And then there's a $40 additional charge if you want to be in that exclusive tower with the refrigerator. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else you'd like to add? Just that, you know, we're a very diverse and very welcoming convention here in the Northwest, and we've been doing this for 42 years. And again, we're fan-run, so there's no profit. There's no big 
corporate organization over our heads. It's it's all people who just love sharing science fiction and fantasy with the world. Speaking of that, could you use any volunteers or any help? Oh, of course. All right. So how you do know we know anybody? How do we get a hold? <laughs> how do we get a hold of you? And what uh, would a volunteer expect to do? Just go on our website at norwestcon.org, or you can email info at norwestcon.org, or mm-hmm. anything at norwestcon.org. It'll eventually get to us because that's mm-hmm. our domain. Um, but stuff we would love to have people come do is, like I said, gaming, if anyone's interested in doing that. But we also need people to help run our registration, people to tell people where to go. Um, tell people where to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would hope you'd do it nicely. Rebecca. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Well, and, you know, you can always point them to the bar because that's a really great place to I be. I could just wear, like, a death <laughs> costume, just point. <laughs> well, if you go to any con, just go to the bar and you'll find Rebecca. <laughs> so, Tanya, thanks a lot. You guys have any other, you guys have any questions or I, anything I like think that? that we've covered it. All right. Okay. Well, Tanya, thanks a lot. Again, it's Norwest Con 42. Don't forget to bring your towel April 18th through the 21st, uh, 2019, and SeaTac. And don't forget to register at orcon.org. And, of course, what? book your room. Very important. Uh, you said orcon.org. Did I say orcon? Yeah. Well, Sorry. you can register Norwest Con. Norwest. <laughs> Norwestcon.org. <laughs> It's okay if you plug your own convention. All right. Yeah. And and go to orcacon.org and save time. All right. (laughs) With that, thanks a lot, Tanya. You're welcome. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now at dragonflight.org. Now back to our show. Well, hey, that was fun, listening to uh, Tanya talk about Norwest Con and what that's about. I never knew about all that uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff. I might just drop in on one of those. And freaking, uh, what's her name? The librarian, the guest, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. Nancy Pearl. Yeah. I would go see Nancy Pearl. And she did offer us passes to go there and do media stuff, Uh a little podcast. Oh, nice. You should. You should. That sounded really fun. What is this you stuff? What's that? What are you saying? You should. You're the, you should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you can, actually. We, we were offered, so we should will. probably do that, I think. I think. I will. Yeah. Um, so, uh, with that, um, since this is going to be a short little podcast, yeah. maybe we just transition. I don't know. Burn right into the Alto Plano review? Yeah, what do you think? I think let's do that. I, I, miss, I miss Kelly. Kelly wasn't here this year. I know. Uh, we need I more mean, Kelly. We did. Yeah, more huh. Kelly. We got Doug was here, so well, we like Doug. Thank you, we, Doug. Of course, we love Doug. Yeah, but Doug was here. Doug. Right, right. Well, maybe next time. Yeah. All right. Anyway, but they have a straight into the Altiplano review. All right, let's do that. Here we go. Altiplano. Now. Hey Geeks, welcome to another Geeks Tabletop Game Review. I'm Kelly and this is Doug and today we're doing... Altaplano. Al- Altaplano. Altaplano, Altaplano. Why, why do you pick things that I can't say? <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, so in this game we are playing as residents in the mountain ranges between Bolivia and Peru. Kind of in that high altitude place. Sure. Kind of the whole... Alpacas. Alta, Alta yeah. Where we are trying to live off of the limited resources of the lands that we have here. There's fishing in the lake. There's mining up in the mountains. Yes. Um, 
and yeah, we're trying to kind of prosper and be the the one with the most points at the end of the game, uh, while building up new ways to harvest things and generate other resources. Yep. So this game is designed by uh, Reiner Stockhausen. Okay. Um, Sounds right there. Yeah, right. Uh, with artwork from Clemens Franz. Clemens Franz, uh, you may know, has done work on Agricola and Caverna and the colonists. Yeah. Yeah. His artwork, his art style is very, very easy to, uh, to notice. distinctive. Yeah. It's published by Renegade Games and DLP Games. we got another Renegade Game Studio game to review. So yeah. Okay. Plays two to five. Yes. Which it, it scales really well for that because, like I said, limited resources. You put out a certain number of each type of resource at the start of the game for the number of players. Takes about an hour to two hours, as though it's a little bit in-depth kind of game. Because you yeah. kind of start, you do start off slow, but the pace does pick up as you play it. I'd say about a half hour per player. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's for 12 and up, which... Okay. I think is about right. The whole kind of planning aspect and looking forward and what you can do in future turns yeah. uh, is still a little advanced. And it's about For $65. Yeah. And yeah, it's 65 bucks depending on your LGS. Mm-hmm. Which seems about right because we got all these cardboard pieces. Tons of pieces. So many pieces. Not quite as many as Caverna, but that's all wooden pieces. So, so we have it set up for a two-player game, and we'll go ahead and get right into that. So we're back with the with the setup. We have these seven different locations set around the board, and they're randomly set up. We basically just took these pieces out of the bag, out of the box, and just set them up as we wanted to. Each one has a different number of resources based on the player count that you'll put onto the board for the start of the game. And each of those is on each board, so you don't have to go digging through the rule book to figure out how many for which alpacas. Mm-hmm. Oh, these get flipped face up. Dog, I thought you'd set this up already. We got there. Now every player starts with a player board. So this is a player board. As well as a storage house, because we can store goods for later in the year, which will be worth points. And then we each randomly draw kind of an asymmetrical starting tile that gives us our starting resources and kind of an extra action. This is ducks. I got the fisher one. So they're different. Kelly's got the mountain one. They all kind of give you an extra ability that kind of runs off food. But they have your starting resources on here and a special ability only you get. Now each round is played through four different phases. Um, and this game is similar to Orleans where we have a bag, which is where we put all of our starting goods in. We will start in the drawing phase by drawing goods equal to our progress over here on the road. Everyone starts at four. So we're gonna draw out four and place them in the planning area of our player board. Once everyone is drawn, then we will get to the planning phase. Of course, you could always end up with not enough resources to draw. That way, uh, when that happens, you'll draw, you'll empty your container into your bag and then draw from there, draw again. We'll get to how you fill that in a minute. Now comes the planning phase where everyone kind of simultaneously uh, allocates their resources that they drew from their bag to the different locations on their player board. So we're going to go through what these things are for a second. So on your player board is a bunch of different recipes uh, for how to get different resources. So we have up here, uh, this is the farm, right? Yes, the alpaca farm. Up at the alpaca farm, you can simply take an alpaca and you'll get food. Pretty easy. But you can also take an alpaca and food and get yarn. 
or yarn and food and make blankets. Uh, we have various other real uh, places here, like we can go to the mines, and food and food gets us rock. Sorry, gets us stone. Food and food gets us stone. Basically, rock. you're you're feeding people that work up in the mountain to get that good. Yes. Uh, or stone, sorry, or or and food makes rings or jewelry. Yeah. Each location has a different kind of trade-in action that you can do to gain another resource. They're all fairly self-explanatory, but some of the more advanced locations, like the market and um, the home location, uh, are market. a little bit... Yeah, the market there and the home location at the top. Okay. The market lets you sell goods, which you can... Right here. Yep. So, up here is the market. We've got various different things to give, get us money. Things like alpacas and yarns are only worth one gold, Whereas uh, jewelry is worth three gold or blankets are worth two gold. Now at the market, we can also spend money to get buildings over here. Or these things? Because this is the market. Yes, they get you these uh, Good orders. new kind of facilities to do more with the resources that you get. Or you can get uh, orders which you send resources to to fulfill for points at the end of the game. We should say each one of these spaces here, in order to fulfill that action, your figure has to be on that location. So once everyone has done planning, go ahead and plan out your turn. We'll get to the action phase. Now it's very important to realize that food, even though there's a lot of it, um, and it kind of gums up what you do on the on your turn. It is required for almost everything on the board. Food gets you fish. Uh, for my action over here, uh, food and alpacas get you yarn. It's basically required to get uh, some of the better resources for the game, like stone and wood, to let you move on the road. Yes. And also to let you move farther in the action phase. Which we'll get to that. I'm blue. You're blue. Start somewhere useful. Okay. So for the first action phase, technically we start off the board. Fine. And then we place where we want to be. I'm going to go... I have the first player marker. Fine, whatever. You have the alpaca. I'm going to go to the, to the lake. And I'm going to turn in my fish and a food that I have here for another food. So it's important to point out that your resources don't actually ever leave your possession. They go back in your trough, and I get a new food for that. And so you're then, not giving away your resources, per yeah. se. They don't go back to a bank or anything. Yeah. And then I turn in another food for my special action tile here to get a fish. Fish. Cheater. Cheater. Now you'll notice that Kelly and I are taking one action at a time. That is the way that the round progresses in the action phase. The first player goes, then the second player, then around the table, back to the first. And then if you can't do any more actions, then you pass. Now Kelly, it looks like you have to move on the board, so you'll have to so use your cart. So I'm going to use cart. my cart to move one, two, three spaces. And then I'm going to get food and ore is coinage. And coin, or not coinage, jewelry. jewelry. Jewelry is worth three victory points at the end of the game. And I can constantly sell it at the market for money. For money. 
I don't have anything else on my board to do, so I'm going to pass. I thought you already passed. All right, I pass as well. All right, now we get to the cleanup phase where um, we reset. Uh, we actually pass the alpaca. Alpaca to Kelly. Woo, I have an alpaca. You become first player for the next round. We would reset any carts that we used. Kelly resets her cart. And to progress towards the end of the game uh, from this uh, facility uh, area, we will discard the bottom one out of the game, slide all the rest down to the bottom, and then flip over the top one. I think you forgot to take out the three, four, and five player tiles. I probably did. Yeah. So each of these tiles, they'll have a mark on them for the numbers of players that'll, that are in the game. That you'll just remove them if you're not playing with that many number of players. And after cleanup, it's just another round of play. So you dig through your bag and fill your spaces. If you can't uh, dig through your bag, you op you take your trough and you put it in the bag, and then you dig through your bag again. Uh, since we're both only at four, uh, and we can build roads to increase um, this size, the size of our planning area. Planning area. Thank the number you. of resources you draw. Yes. It also allows you to get corn, which corn is useful whenever you start storing things in your warehouse. Now to store things in your warehouse, you have to load them up into your home area uh, whenever you move there. So so in your home area, as we said, this one is a little bit complicated one. Uh, you can, which is over here on the board, uh, you can buy more carts, which allow you to move freely. Uh, so carts allow you to move three spaces. So we ha we each have a free cart that lets us move one to three spaces for free. We can also, if we don't buy a second cart, we can load up a food into each of those other spaces to spend to gain one more movement. But if we buy a second cart, say Kelly went over there and bought a second cart, it still requires food to move, but then you get the one to three movement, which can be useful for moving around uh, the board a lot on your turn. If you're drawing six or seven uh, resources a turn, you'll want to use all of them yeah. on that turn. It also allows you to, at the bottom there, spend two stone to build a house. Houses themselves are worth four points at the end of the game. They also increase the amount of points certain resources are by one. So you could buy the one, I don't think there's one for food, but there's one for fish, because I know fish aren't worth any points. Fish and alpaca aren't worth any points. You can buy the house for fish, and then all the fish that you have at the end of the game are now worth one point. So end of the game stuff, as we've mentioned before, uh, look, things like glass is worth four points, but food, alpacas, fish, corn are all worth zero points. So there's a scale here, and we're gonna pay attention to that as we play the game. Now the third thing you can do at the, the home location is to store things into your storage. Now Kelly probably towards the end of the game will have a few jewelries that she can uh, store. Which So whenever you store something you send it over to your storage area and if you don't already have a row of that uh, resource started you have to start a new one. And basically, as you start to fill in your storage, each complete row is worth a certain number of victory points. Now, where corn comes into play is corn acts as a wild. Every time you gain a corn, it must be immediately stored. 
as Kelly did there. If she got one, she would store it with her jewelry. You are allowed to store it in its own row, but that row now can only be corn. So you kind of got to weigh the benefits of that. It goes into the first immediate empty space. Yes. It, it, yeah, so it goes into the, the, the first empty space up here. So technically it would go here. If this row was somehow full, it would go up here. If that row was somehow full, it would go in its own row. So you have to pay attention to when you're getting corn. Now we keep playing rounds, um, going back and forth, passing the alpaca around the board, until either one of two things happen. The uh, facility stacks empty and you can't refill uh, the board, or two locations uh, around here become empty. Now after that happens, you'll still play one final round and then you'll do total points, which as we said, at the end of the game, you'll gain points for the different resources that you have. You'll get points for boats, boats. which boats are purchased at the harbor for two wood and they gain you basically an immediate resource of your choice as long as there's, there's one for each different type of resources that you can get. Then you'll gain extra points for uh, the resources that you have houses of, and then points for your houses, points for completed orders, and then you get points for the completed rows in your storehouse. So during your planning phase, as you're putting things up, you don't have to fill a particular slot. If you're looking to get more resources, because I only get four resources every turn, I'm wanting to put everything up, but I don't have everything that I want specifically, I don't have enough of the right resources, combinations. Mm -hmm. So I put the fish up here and I'm gonna wait to see if I get a food or if I can get another fish next turn. I'm also going to the market, so I'm gonna look at these things here, like food equals fish, so I can get more fish, so I can get canoes. Wood is used for canoes. Sorry. And the way you get wood is spending two food in the forest to get wood. I also don't have two food for wood. Yeah, this particular turn. I don't have two food to get a stone, so I can start getting roads. Uh, I don't have the extra food to move myself multiple times. That's that's the thing. It's I think you're starting out going towards kind of the end game resources when I think early on, and we'll talk about this later. So Kelly's planned out that she wants to go to the market uh, and trade in her jewelry for some money to possibly buy one of these new uh, facility tiles. Well, I'm going to do this first. You want to just play the turn? Alright, so I'm first player. I'm going to spend these to get more coinage. Jewelry. Sorry. You're right, it's not coinage. It's jewelry. It just looks like a coin. I'm still over there in the, the lake, so I'm going to turn in my fish and a food for another food. Like I said, food is important. So I'm going to use my cart to go to the market. And then and I'm going to sell. Movement is always free the first time you do it on the turn. I lied. What? Oh, you mean the cart? Yeah, the, the movement is free. It doesn't cost an action. So then Kelly's going to sell her jewelry for three money. There you are. Three money. I'm going to use my cart. I'm going to come over here to the forest. One, two. Whoops. Went the wrong way. One, two, three. And then spend my two food that I have here to get a wood because I have a stone sitting down here in my uh, road section that I want to 
fill in with another wood or with a piece of wood. So now I'm still in the market, so I can continue to do market actions without moving. So I can buy one, maybe two of these things. Now each of them has a cost in the upper uh, left, plus they'll have a cost based on where they are um, in the stack. So this is plus one, so that's two, so that costs three. So I'm going to spend three monies to get this. Technically, since it happens in this place, or this part of the board, it should go up here. So eventually, your board is going to be surrounded by various other actions that happen in those places. It is your turn, Doug. It is my turn. I don't have anything to do, so I'm going to pass. So, I do have one more money I could spend on this fish, or I could get one of these. Yeah, you could buy an order, which, looking at it, they're randomly dealt out because there's, I think, 14 or 16 different ones. And Kelly's probably going to get one uh, with some jewelry and some other types of resources that are easy for her to get. That way she can uh, fulfill them easier. So I could get this one. It's worth 19 points, and it gets me a corn, but I have to get cacao. So, and I have to glass, or cacao is the only way to get glass. So I have to think about a way to get cacao. Which on your next turn, if you're looking ahead, this one's not going to get discarded. So this one's still going to be worth three. And if you draw a jewelry, then you can sell that immediately and then next action And buy, buy that. It. Yeah. Or I can get something that's a little bit easier because I have fish and I have an easy way to get fish now. And I just need to get alpaca. Which... which you can, the only way for you to get alpacas is to get one of these facility ones or to buy the canoe. But I think I'm going to stick with this one. Cool. Spend your money. Fine, I'll spend the money. Does it cost one? Yeah, it costs one. Okay. All orders cost one. Yeah. All orders cost one. And you deliver to your orders from the market as well. Yeah, so now I have an extra action that happens up here is instead of putting things in my, uh, sorry, instead of selling things, they can go over here, which takes them out of rotation. Yes, gets them out of, out of your bag uh, and they won't be worth their resource points at the end of the game. But re, uh, resources in storage will be worth points. So that's pretty much how you play the game. It just goes around the table uh, until one of the end game conditions is met. We'll be back with our pros and cons. All right, Kelly. What are what do you like about the game? Um, I think this is, this is my first bag builder game that I've played. I don't bag know about builder. you. Bag builder. That's basically what it is. Rather than a deck building game, it's a bag building game. That's fine. We don't have to keep playing. Hush. I want I want to execute my plan, Doug. You dealt a C out instead of a B. Sorry. So I like it. Um, it's definitely very uh, strategy-heavy kind of game, and I do like heavy strategy games. Uh, this one isn't quite as heavy, but it's still kind of a little bit complex for planning forward. Uh, there are some basic resources that are really hard to get, 
uh, if you don't start with them or if you don't get to buy these things. It's entirely possible to lock your opponents out of resources. If Doug wanted to, he could make sure I never get alpacas. Yeah, and also here's the thing with all of these uh, A tiles is that it's a few of them. These ones are really easy for you to get to get more advanced resources that yeah. build towards other things. But that one, uh, basically you can, after you draw, you can put a resource back into the container to either pick one out of the container or draw another one from the bag. Which can be useful because you are allowed to look into your bag to see what you have left and what's remaining. So I I do like the facility tiles. They're facility? Yeah, facility is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, to give you more kind of advanced uh, actions on your turn rather than what's the basics on your board. Which kind of, you kind of have to pick some of these up to kind of get your engine building. You have working. to. You absolutely have to. I. There's no way to make fish on your board. There's no way to make alpaca on your board. Uh, so in order to get those part of your engines going, you have to buy a board. You have to buy a tile. Mm-hmm. And hope someone doesn't <coughs> snake it out from you, which could happen. Or you just ignore that part of your tile and you focus on what you do have. For example, Doug is a fisherman, is his starting tile. He gets to start with fish, mm-hmm. uh, which means he gets to use those things. Uh, I also start with fish, but I start with ore. Doug starts with stone. Yeah, and ore for you gets turned into jewelry immediately, so that's a benefit to you. Where this one, I noticed, because in our few turns that we played, you were kind of focused on getting jewelry to get money, uh, but you didn't kind of go towards food early on, and that's kind of one of the things that I've noticed... um, people don't do and it even they forget says in about the rule food book, they forget about food and food is necessary for a lot of the basic actions to taking get you. extra actions if nothing else yeah taking extra movements to move around the board uh basics for i mean alpacas and food gets you wool and then wool and food gets you linen they're they're useful for some of the more for some of the upgrade actions but you don't want to get too much early on to kind of gum up your bag and have it just sit there being useless. On the other hand, I wanted to make sure you didn't snipe anything out from underneath me, like the cacao or the fish. The cacao one, yeah, would be good. But I'm not you allowed. You already have the fish. I'm not allowed to get that one. That's one of the things we didn't go over is that if you already have an action from these facility tiles, you can't gain another one of those of the same kind. Basically, have the same action if you want to show them mine compared to yours. So what Doug's saying is because he already has this on his board. He can't take this one. But he could have taken the cacao. I could have... I didn't have anything to sell. I had a stone that I could have sold, and the cacao one was worth three. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, it's it's things that you kind of have to look at and weigh out. I think with this get. particular starting tile, it's the money that gets this engine going. Mm-hmm. Most As opposed likely. to with you, you can very easily get more fish, get more food. Yeah. Otherwise, because, yeah. I mean, there's only seven fish over there, and if I get most of them, I kind of want to also use those fish to get stone, because stone also helps me build houses, which is useful, or get moving on the road. Yes. 
that we played a game. I played this one board game night with Brett and Michelle and a few other people, and Brett just totally stomped us. He had, I think he had this one, or he had um, one of the other ones that let him start with wood. Yeah. And basically, he kept making wood and then buying canoes to keep getting those resources that he didn't have. And he just, he steamrolled past all of us, and I kind of made the mistake. I think I had yours starting one as well. I made the mistake of not going for food in the beginning. Anything you don't like about that other than, like, the whole steamroll aspect? Well, I don't mind the steamroll aspect. If somebody figures out a game before I do, that's fine. Uh, But if someone's teaching me how to play the game and they steamroll me, that's a little bit more annoying. Mm -hmm. The one thing I didn't really care for this is nothing about the whole game aspect. It's a little bit of the... uh, Components. Quality of these container components. When I built them, um, the alpaca, it just falls apart. And the alpaca just falls apart, but you said we could get glue. Um, I have rubber bands on these, but basically, whenever I went to build them and fold them, because they kind of fold up together and interlock on the edges, uh, some of the layers of cardboard ended up splitting, and I kind of was upset about that. But I've contacted Renegade Games. They don't have replacements at the moment, but they will get back to me. I know a lot of publishers are very good about customer service and getting replacement pieces to people so i don't expect it to be that big of a deal right now but it's just something that i noticed so thanks for tuning in Uh, i hope you enjoyed this uh review for altiplano if you got any recommendations for us shoot us an email at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com or you can hit us up on twitter at geeksofcascadia or send me a message i'm captain napkin without any vowels it'll show up right here Uh, But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Another great game review from game review from Kelly and Doug. I really enjoy how how their their detail. Doug and Uh Kelly. May I say Kelly and Doug? What what if Doug wants to be named first? I always say Doug and Kelly. Oh, so I'm saying Kelly and Doug this time. Oh, because I miss Kelly. Hi, Kelly. I hope you're watching. Hi, Hi, Kelly. Kelly. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and they'll have another review out. um, I. I think they're going to do that quack one, but I'm not quite Doug sure. has a giant list of games he's going he to does. review. He does. He does. And he will quack. do them all. That's a great name for a game. Quack? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's a German word for something, and I don't know what it is. Oh. A duck it call? Is, yeah. It has nothing to do with ducks. No? There's No. Oh. There's no that. ducks in this. No, I don't No ducks were harmed. <laughs> no ducks were harmed <laughs> in the making of this making game. this game, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, is that it? Gosh, I feel like uh, we need to talk more. But well, we do. We should talk more, but we're also beat up and tired from four days of OrcaCon. Someone or beat five up. days. Yeah. That's not and we to have to be here. in a panel in, in 26 That's minutes. That's true. we got to be a panel. Oh, and um, I get to be a heckler. I feel kind of bad because there were several people that showed up to this con that I wanted to have longer conversations with yeah. and talk to. And uh, like, thanks to Boards Alive, I did get to sit down and talk guys, to some of you guys. There. As did we. That was so much, so much fun. Yeah. Oh, those guys are awesome. Um, and I love the Tomb of Horrors uh, one that they do. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, they're supposed to get that posted tonight, so I'll be listening to that. Well, guys, it's at the end. Yeah. Aww. We're going to go back to our normal, horrible lives this tomorrow. So no, I'm still on vacation. So are you? Are you? Yep. Good on you. Oh. Cool. I hate you. <laughs> All right. Not me. I get to get up in 12 hours and That's go to great. work. Yeah. Oh, boo. Well, I think we'll just close out and I'll just say embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Oh.
been listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.